The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. You're listening to Pure Rock Radio. Feed your addiction. This is Sean Frazier with Wiseblood Records and Decibel Magazine, and you are listening to Radioactive Metal. Welcome to Radioactive Metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a Weisenheimer episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 643, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. And dear listeners, on the eve of Valentine's weekend, you're probably set because you have got your love, your significant whatever it is, right? Because we don't judge we we have no idea. We don't need it doesn't even have to be from this earth. Right? Because aliens are landing, that's what 2020 brought us. But hopefully you have subscribed to True Cult Coffee and you are keeping your um better half, significant other, whatever it is, happy with the hottest, blackest, most metal coffee there is. If not, um pause. T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Subscribe today. And not only are you not going to run out of coffee, you're also going to get two two great bands, some months three, and that will hopefully keep you off the doghouse. But, um, you know, as we record, if you haven't figured something else out, oh, sorry for you, man. Sorry. It's going to be a long, rough weekend. And but yeah, so true, true cold coffee. And you know who else appreciates a great cup of coffee there, Snowman? Who appreciates a great cup of coffee? The one, the only, the soon-to-be 60 as of tomorrow, 213-61 himself, Henry Rollins. Mm-hmm. He loves yes. a fine <laughs> cup of coffee. So yeah. because it's true cold coffee every day here, at Radioactive Metal, and because tomorrow, as we record this, is Henry Rollins' birthday, pour yourself a cup of True Cult coffee. Make it a motorhead. Pour in a little Coke and um, Jack Daniels for 
you know, Lemmy or because it's Henry and, you know, anyone's familiar with Henry, he is slightly a workaholic. I say make a church burner, which means you're going to put in some butter and I think a little cardamom spice. Get it going there, right? So you can so you can go all night, all day, and uh, just you know burn the midnight oil and whatever else you got to burn. Because remember, true call coffee, hotter than a church in Norway. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm so glad that you mentioned Big Hank. Totally coincidental because I was thinking about this the last couple of days. Because uh, okay, up here we are having this incredible cold snap. It's February, it's winter time here on the Canadian prairies, and temperatures are like minus 40, sometimes minus 50, okay, and, you know, convert, I think once you convert, like, to your goofy Fahrenheit, it all kind of balances out. Well, yeah, because we, we talked about this last time, you get to a point where it's just too cold to do math and they don't care anymore. Right. <laughs> they don't care anymore, that's right, that's right. So it gets it gets like that, you know, it, it's, we're having that cold snap, and that reminded me of the last time that Rollins was in Winnipeg here to do his spoken word um, performance. Mrs. Snowy and I, we made our way down. It's always a good time when Hank's on the mic, shall oh, yes. we say and he it was it was in the winter time it was one of the winnipeg winters and part of his routine he was talking about how he stepped out and it must have been about minus 30 that night okay how he stepped out of his hotel i don't even think i think he said i didn't even i just wore a sweater i didn't wear a jacket or anything and all that because i wanted to test myself in the elements <laughs> Okay, he he decided, and I know exactly where his hotel was, yeah. and the intersection where his hotel is near, like Neil Neil Young has written songs about how cold it gets, minus 50 at Portage in Maine, okay? That's awesome. And Big Hank was in that, in that, in that neighborhood, and I remember him telling the story, how he went for, he went for a walk in, you know, down downtown winnipeg in the winter he got around the block turned around came back like that's it you win (laughs) okay so i kind of remembered that and then i thought to myself you know what i should take the big hank challenge (laughs) i i should maybe see test myself okay with the winnipeg winter elements and then it dawned on me you do that every year. Well, I was going to say, like, you're Canadian. For for yeah. you to take the Big Hank challenge, I feel like you'd have to do it, but in nothing but a Speedo. Yeah, basically. Right? I would have to do the Polar Bear Club yeah. thing. Yeah, like, like, basically, you put on a Speedo and, like, something on your feet. You got to have boots because, I mean, we're not animals here. But, right. I mean, you in boots and a Speedo and then just see how far you get. <laughs> yeah okay. and please post those pictures on the uh, radioactive metal instagram because that's <laughs> okay. gonna be a fun time right on definitely definitely what is going to be a fun time tonight is our amazing creature feature okay and it's funny how you should also mention true Cavalt coffee because in our interview with sean frazier he of wise blood records and disciple magazine yes i'm definitely using it i'm using our old stand stand by more than ever for 
tonight. He talks about in the interview about Wise Blood Records working with True Cavalt Coffee. You will recall uh, we name dropped Mother of Graves, one of the uh, last months, this month's, the last, you know, group of bands for the subscription. One of them was Wise Blood Records' Mother of Graves. So <laughs> I've kind of been sitting on this information. It's like, oh, yeah, see, this is how the community, the metal underground, the metal community is like one, one big family because see how we're connect, how we were connected to wise blood records through true Cavalt, And we didn't really even know it, you know, and we're kind of connected with this label through these people and this, this through that. And we're, uh, everything is the six degrees of snowy. I was just going to say like, like you're like your own six degrees of Kevin Bacon. That's right. Like this is this is <laughs> this is right. pretty impressive here. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But so, I mean, when you're the mayor of Winnipeg, that makes sense. Yeah, ultimately, ultimately, yeah. So I am extra extra stoked for tonight's creature feature. It's going to run about an hour. Okay, just because it was one of those was one of those interviews where it just it got to the point where it's just two dudes hanging out yapping and i just couldn't you know he he had said afterwards well if you know if you want to if you want to do some editing for time and all i was like no way this conversation is pure gold and all that so we're so looking forward to bringing it speaking of our his connection with us through true cavalt coffee I want to get into this episode's mandatory metal segment brought to you by TrueCovaltCoffee.com. And I'm really excited for this release. Our good buddies at Hell's Headbangers have recently... No, no, as last as December 2020 was winding down, they, re, they, they printed or pressed... On pretty blue vinyl, Australia's Armored Angel, their 1995 demo tape. They they gave it a nice new shiny coat on some cool vinyl. So in honor of True Cavalt Coffee and a big shout out to Mr. Sean Fraser this week. This is Australia's Armored Angel with... Thy blood etern.
We've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Hey, dude, what's uh, going on down there? This week has been a ska punk journey, Mr. Snowman. Oh, right on. I was listening to a podcast, and they put out a challenge to unska a song. Because um, later, like earlier last year, or last year sometime, they put out this challenge where they wanted somebody to take um, the Counting Crows' Long December, because, you know, it's been the joke about 2020 was the Long December. And they're like, somebody needs to make that a ska song. And now they're like, you know what? Take a song that is a ska song and make it not ska. And, you know, they mentioned the Boss Tones. And, I, dude, I love the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. They're, you know, they're punk rock with a horn section. How do you not love mm. it? Because I love a good horn section. And so uh, I, I started to go down this journey. So the Boss Tones have a new song out. It's called The Final Parade. And, you know, with a title like that, you think, oh, they're calling it quits. But I honestly think they're ramping back up. Because when you listen to the lyrics, it, it very much sounds like, you know, yeah, the show's over, but we're going to keep going anyway. Kind mm-hmm. of thing. They've got um, Tim Rancid from Armstrong in it. Um, members of Fishbone. Oh, man, who, who, who else was in there? As I was looking through the through the list, it's like it's a who's who of guest stars they have on this song. But so that maybe put the Boston's in my Pandora. And so I've been listening to a lot of Rancid, a lot of Op Ivy. Um, have you ever heard it? So I, I don't know if we've ever even talked about like the ska punk connection. Did you ever listen to ska? Um, it's not. Like, I know who the boss tones are and Operation Ivy, yeah, and all that. And, you know, one of these bands were to come to Winnipeg and I was able to go see them, I would check it out and all that. But it's just, it's not a subgenre, you know, that I go out of my way to put on. But yes, I'm familiar with it. Dude, I, oh, I loved ska shows because you, you'd go, you'd just dance, you know, there'd be the occasional body slamming. But mostly it was just dance and just great music, you know. And, and I started thinking about, like, why I loved it. Because, you know, grunge killed metal. Um, Kurt Cobain made certain to make sure the guitar players didn't do anything technical or, you know, musician-worthy anymore. And so the mu- musicianship, thankfully, was kept alive, like in the ska and the big band scenes, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, there's a band called Keysby Knights. No, is that it? No, they're called, I'm sorry, they're called Catch-22. The song was Keysby Knights. And I'll just tell everybody, look that song up, listen to it, and tell me you're not going to laugh when you hear the chorus. Because it's just fun stuff. But uh, there's so many, so many great songs. Like, Murphy's Law was a hardcore band, but they had their their toes dipped in ska. And, like, Murphy's Law, Jimmy, yeah, that's it. He's, he's also in the single, Jimmy G, Jimmy Gestapo. So, because okay. he was on a guest vocal on a little bit ugly on Devil's Night Out, the first Boston's record. Like, dude, I I knew everything Boston's in the nineties. I just loved everything they were doing, and then stuff started to fall apart. But they're back, and so it's been a nice journey. Because I tell you, man, Rancid's Outcome the Wolves, one of the best freaking records in the world. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, it's just such a killer record. Like every time one I of the into it. one of the highlights of the '90s for yeah, sure. It really is, man. Like, like, like there's there's a lot of crap in the '90s. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, you know <laughs> it. It was it certainly wasn't like the '80s where I feel like the '80s you could just trip over good stuff all all day long. 
Mm. It, it was, you know, quite the opposite. But man, like there, there was good music in the 90s. And it, ma- it makes me feel better to know that. But that's really all I got my journey. You know, want to wish Big Hank a happy birthday. Because again, 2-13-61. Tomorrow he is 60. I can't believe it. Like, wow. when, when you think about one of the most iconic, for me at least, one of the most iconic, like, post-punk hardcore guys, Henry Rollins, is turning 60. <laughs> you know, the Gap, um, the, mm-hmm. the Gap underwear ad, Poster Boy. Um, I just, holy crap, you know? It's like, wow, that dude is 60. Where'd the time go? So, yeah, that's what's going on. <laughs> What's up with and you, I'll, man? I'll bet you Big Hank doesn't regret those tats either because, like, people who have tattoos, they've all heard it. Well, you'll regret them when you're older. No, he doesn't regret a single amount of them. If anything, he wants more. Nothing. That's right. <laughs> you, can't, you can't fuck with Big Hank, man. No. No, for sure. For sure. With myself, it's definitely going to be kind of a different metal fix because it, I just, yeah, I've had a couple of records come across my desk and all that, but just yeah. kind of got my fix through different outlets. Um, I was just kind of pissing around on Facebook when I kind of did a little back and forth with David Hewson from The Real Slaughter, you know, the the uh, Canadian thrash. Up all night. Oh, oh, sleep stop that. all day. Stop that. that. One? Yeah. <laughs> no, not even close. Did he fly to the angels? <laughs> I said the legends. <laughs> Believe me, that's close. legendary. Anyway. Anyways, he had recommended a really cool documentary called Suzy Q. Which <gasps> Dude, was all I just of, heard about was, that. Where can you watch it? Which was all about Susie Quattro. I scoured my Roku TV looking for, and apparently this came out last year. I'm totally unbeknownst to us, and I feel like a total knob. Like when you when you hear of something, and I've said this before with with bands and all that. It's like, how come I haven't heard of this band? Yeah. How come I don't have this documentary memorized? It's kind of like it's it's kind of like the same thing. So I immediately looked all for it. Couldn't find it anywhere on my Roku and all that. So I kind of bit the bullet, went to iTunes and rented it. They had it for 99 cents. For rental? For real? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, <sighs> okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. So I spent the evening, you know, Mrs. Snowy and I, we wanted to sit down and watch a couple movies. We started with the original King Kong versus Godzilla. Yes! Okay. <laughs> okay. And the whole time, she's kind of like, look at those planes. Look at those tanks. They're toys. And it's what? like, well, yeah, but it was the 60s, and it's Godzilla. And it's like, this isn't anything that you haven't seen many, many times oh, yeah. before. In the last 30, almost two years, we've been together now, you know? like. You yeah. know what? I, I I totally forgot. I bought Godzilla in 1984. The, this one, oh, right on. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Yeah, because yeah, that was my first I've... Godzilla in the movie in the movie theater. But when it was recut for the American audiences, it's 1985. So I'm like, I want to get the Japanese version. So I haven't watched it yet. That's going to be on, on the agenda for my son and I. Right on. Excellent. Excellent. So we yeah. checked out that original one and then i slapped on the runaways biopic okay okay with uh dakota fanning as sheree curry 
um, Kristen Stewart as Joan Jett and um, Scout Taylor Compton as Lita Ford. I feel like Lita that. doesn't and get near enough screen time in that. She doesn't. She doesn't. Just whenever you needed some drama and all that. Well, maybe that's art imitating life. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay but whenever you needed some drama, Lita was kind of... Yeah, but she, she's <laughs> such a badass on guitar. I mean, nothing against uh-huh. Joan Jett, because Joan Jett is obviously a badass. But mm-hmm. Lita Ford is just as much of a badass. And I just... I just and I mean, I guess it's like, you know, this is my 14 year old self who had the big poster of Lita on my wall. Um, still, you know, in awe of her, but I mean, uh-huh. like she's a badass guitarist, you know? Yeah, and, and I think, awesome. and, and I mean, Joan Jett's a badass, but Joan Jett, I think more is like the badass front woman, badass songwriter. Like I, I mean, she plays guitar, but like, Lita Ford was was the first time, and forgive me everybody for saying this, but it was the first time that like you could say, well, there's a female Randy Rhodes, or there's a female Eddie Van Halen, or a female Tony Iommi, because you know we had we had women that play guitar, but you didn't have somebody who was like, no, fuck you, I'm going to shred, mm-hmm. and that was Lita, definitely. And know? now we have the Nita Strauss. Well, that's just it. Like I, I really feel like Lita's the one that paved the way for for the uh, Nita Strauss and um, oh my goodness, who is who is the other or Orthani? Oh, don't ask me to pronounce her. Yeah, her record think... came across my desk a couple months ago, and and it's like, oh, uh, don't tell me that one of these days we're gonna have to try to pronounce her name on the show. <laughs> I think I think yeah. it's but she's she's yeah. fantastic. Both of them yeah but anyway sorry keep yeah going. for sure yeah yeah um yeah no you're uh, that's that's absolutely de- dead on and when you're watching this movie you kind of forget because Kristen stewart she is so connected to the twilight bullshit dude she's okay. a great joan jett you oh when you're when you're watching her it leaves your head that yeah. is the twilight chick oh yeah completely it's, it's it's absolutely amazing and it's just it's a fantastic movie with a fantastic soundtrack it just the problem when we watch movies like this because i'm kind of a wise guy okay i'm no. kind of a wise Nimer. what yeah, you I am. no I mean, yeah, yeah. I, what, I, what I the heck you say <laughs> we uh, mrs snowy and i we kind of have this tradition well it's me tormenting her actually Whenever we hear a song on the radio or in a movie or something, and I own it in some way, shape, or form, I'll say, I got that song. And she just, what's the rule? Don't tell me what songs you have. When you hear a song that you don't have, then you mention it, because the list is shorter. Yeah, it's a much shorter list. (laughs) Okay, so... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so we played that game... All through the movie, okay, and then when all when all was said and done, I ended up slapping on this Susie Q documentary, who I call Susie Quattro, is the original Joan Jett, okay, and Jett herself will, will not argue that point at all. You, if, okay, you wanted a recommendation, you were saying, can you find it? You want to check out this documentary and all that wholeheartedly. It was ab- it was absolutely fantastic between Jet, Debbie Harry, Alice Cooper was on it, Danita Sparks from L Seven, you know, like just just these amazing people, and it just I think 
Susie Quattro is just one of those unsung heroes that just doesn't get just okay. She's a legendary performer, but I think in North America, like she just doesn't spring to mind when it comes to influential female artists. And yeah. I don't like to use that term, but you kind of have to for this because she was upfront. She was the she's a solo, you know, and she played the bass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she, she was did changing own, the you game. You know? Oh, definitely, def- definitely. Now, the thing that kind of gnawed at me, okay, while I'm watching this, is they're mentioning all these classic songs. Okay, went to number four in Germany, number three in year in um, in England, number one in Switzerland, number two, you know, in Japan and all that, and then you start to get into the U.S. 67 123 <laughs> you know it's like oh geez ah so america didn't really 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 catch on or you know she they just didn't you know smell what Susie q was cooking it's a strange market shall we say it, it is it it is it you is know, but it, so I, I i've been reading um the uh, a book about the movie Hail Hail Rock and Roll. Okay. You know, and I like I knew like it's one of those things where like okay, so like the guy who got finally got called for the casting couch thing when everybody's like, Oh, I can't believe it was going on. Bullshit. Everybody knew it was going on. Everyone. Everyone it's been it's been the biggest joke. And the same thing like in the music industry, like it's all run by old white dudes that control everything. Everybody knows that. But until you like really start to examine things like 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 watching Hail Hail Rock and Roll and you see what black musicians went through and the crappy deals they were given and then like a Susie Quattro, like a woman, like like you it really frames it up. It's like you know, but then you're like, Oh god. Like, wow. Like it's really it's it's so much worse than I think we even realized. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think that's a big part of it, because like, you know, Old white dudes were in charge of the record industry in the in the United States, and they're going to push what they want to push. Mm-hmm. You know, and that just it just wasn't her. Yeah, she had her cult following and all that, but just just it just at the time, just nowhere near. You know, because we all see her as this legendary figure now, but back then, no, it, it it was tough. It was tough. It was probably happy days, okay? Because you asked ten normies that even might like rock music, you know, what's your who? What do you think of Susie Quattro? Who? What? Okay, remember Leather Tuscadero on Happy Days? Oh yeah, the chick in the leather. She was so cool and all that. Yeah, well. That that was her. Oh, really? She was a rock singer. Yeah. Okay, we're done. <laughs> okay. Well, so she was leather, but then wasn't Wendy Williams Pinky? Oh no, no. There was her, Leather's older sister was Pinky, but no, that wasn't. No, I don't recall who was. I, I really thought that um, Wendy Williams was on there too. Probably would have made a great uh, Pinky Tuscadero for sure. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm looking this up. You you talk amongst yourselves. You look it up and do yourself a favor, dude. This weekend, go on iTunes, slap a buck down for Susie Q. It was absolutely fantastic. And then, and then when I when I was done that, I broke out some old Susie Quattro records, and as well, like I said. Last year, the No Control record came across my desk, and I gave it, a, you know, a couple of spins and all that. And it's like I don't know if I can really do anything for this for this record and this show and all that. So I kind of enjoyed it for myself. Didn't really do much for it on the show. It's definitely if you're familiar, you know, with the Hard Rock and Suzy Q, the No Control record might be a little bit different for your palate, you know, because it's kind of a lot of songs kind of have a more bluesy feel to it and all that. And it might not necessarily be what you're looking for. Speaking, you know, of Detroit music, Alice Cooper dropped a new song. Of course, that new record, Detroit Stories, is going to be available soon. And I can't wait. I need a physical copy of that the day that it comes out, the new track rock and roll was released i was really digging that have you heard the new wolfgang van halen tune i have not 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 yet yeah yeah he's going by um mammoth um, oh okay i did hear dub, that yeah dub, yeah wvhs f h okay <laughs> okay which is basically Mammoth was the name of Van Halen before they took the brothers' names and all that. So I thought it was kind of fitting for the kid to go and, you know, to use this name. And when I saw that the a new track was released, I gave it a spin. And honestly, it kind of left me kind of, oh, okay, this really isn't... If you like, like, the modern radio rock and all that, you could, you might dig this. Yeah, my it just left me a little wanting, and it's like, okay, you know what? This this maybe just isn't for me. I'm not gonna write it off entirely. The kid's just not doing. Kid, he's what thirty? You know, okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe I really am old. You are, <laughs> but you know who really d- digs the new track? Billie Eilish. She was all about it. Oh, of course. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist. I could not resist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So I'm going to, you know, I'm verdict's kind of out. You know, I'm not going to write the kid off over, like, one song so far. So for some tunes, though, okay, I was kind of introduced, you know, from uh, Bandcamp. Bandcamp set me up with some cool tunes another band i probably should have heard of before but i just caught on to one ritual warfare a really uh crusty death metal out of halifax their repulsion addiction ep is now available i was really digging that crusty death you can't go wrong with that even cooler though was this new Wicked Band. Well, not new so much. They've had a couple of releases, a couple EPs and demos under their belts. But basically, okay, I was walking down the downtown streets of Winnipeg 
And Bandcamp kind of stuck their head out from, you know, from the dark alley and said, Psst, hey, Snowy, check this out. I got something for you. <clears throat> uh, okay, what's going on here? Well, you like Grindcore, right? Yeah. How about some Grindcore mixed in with that HM2 buzzsaw pedal sound? Oh, like Entombed and The Real Slaughter and all that? Yeah, how about a nice mix of, like, Entombed and cool grindcore bands like Mortician or Empatigo and all that? Okay, you've got my attention. Okay, this band also has current and ex-members of Coffins, Final Exit, and Sick and Tired, and we'll throw an Agathosceles cover as well. Oh, oh, fuck yeah. I am so down for Mortify's grotesque buzzsaw defilement. This really cool EP. God, it only goes about 10 minutes. Man, picture if you will that sound. No, fuck that. You won't have to picture it. Because we're going to drop a track right now from this awesome new band. Well, newish band out of Japan from their grotesque buzzsaw defilement this is obsolisk of suffering <laughs> Yeah. 
that was the aforementioned Ritual Warfare with the title track from that Repulsive Addiction EP. Great stuff, great stuff. Yeah, those two records, dude, just had me rocking and rolling the second I heard them. It's like, holy jeez, this is some good stuff. That's what happens when you just go and, you know, jump out there into the wild world of the interwebs. Looking for new stuff and all that. Because I, I'm now at the point, okay, you know how us guys, we like to tease our wives by saying, you know, when they're, when you're taking them out for dinner for your anniversary or Valentine's Day coming up in a couple of days and all that, and they're doing the, well, I have nothing to wear. And meanwhile, full closet full of awesome clothes, you know, but the wives do that. Well, I don't have anything to wear. I'm doing that now when it comes to music. I will look at my hundreds of vinyl, my there must be a thousand CDs, I don't know how many cassettes, you know, records that were sent to me digitally and all that and I'll be like I got to go to the record store. I got to go to the music I'm store. Just bad, I, dude. I don't don't have anything to listen to. I totally get it. <laughs> you know? I totally get it cuz so, there's so much yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I find myself just idly just pissing around on Bandcamp at like two in the morning, just looking for shit to listen to and all that because I don't have any. You know, I just. Ah, ah. Fortunately, though, the music world is always looking for fresh blood, shall we say? And answering the call for that is tonight's. Creature feature, Mr. Sean Frazier. First and foremost, you know, probably the majority of our listeners would probably know him first, first of all, as a contributing writer to Decibel Magazine, or Decibel Magazine. Perhaps if you're tuning in for the first time because you are a reader of Decibel or you're enjoying the new releases from Wise Blood. You're probably wondering why we're saying disciple. Well, it's an old it's an old in joke that we've had on the show for a number of years, which I share with uh, Mr. Frazier in this interview. All that. So that's probably where you will know the name first off. Second off, there is this cool new independent record label based out of Indianapolis known as Wise Blood records once again this is something i kind of discovered walk you know one night on Bandcamp. you know thank you allison hannigan i discovered some wicked <laughs> bands particularly totally like, what who <laughs> right never mind i'm with you yeah this one night on Bandcamp. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i discovered a couple really wicked bands one called vexing hex Okay, which we'll get into in a little bit. And the aforementioned Mother of Graves, which we spoke about, of course, you know, one of the bands with true Cavalt coffee and all that. So I kind of dug in a little deeper with this record label and discovered, lo and behold, the main man behind Wise Blood Records is someone whose, you know, his writings I've been enjoying for quite a while now. Had to get Mr. Frazier onto the phone to give us the 411, not only about this awesome new record label 
but everything that goes on, you know, with Disciple Magazine and all that. So, as it turns out, this interview will be a little lengthy. You know, pour another beer, put your feet up, get comfortable, but it's definitely going to be worth it because just just everything that we spoke about, just the connections, you know, that radioactive metal has with decibel and just just two two, you know, metal fans just sitting back and talking about what we love so much to get us to our chat with him. Uh, let's drop a track from the band that kind of got my attention from their latest record, Vex um, Planet Horror. This is Vexing Vexing Hex. No, from their record Haunts, I should say. This is Vexing Hex with the track Planet Horror. Survive! 
First and foremost, what I seem to be, well, almost for a year now, I seem to be starting all my uh, interviews with the basic question, and normally it's it's just a simple salutation, but I think it's really important this day and age, how are you doing with everything that's going on <laughs> in the world? <laughs> I, I, I love that you asked that because... I'll ask people like, you know, like, uh, how you feeling, you know, as sort of like a, just an opener. And they're like, oh man, now I have to reflect like <laughs> on where I stand. Um, I, I'm doing well, man. Thank you. Uh, the, the label has really, the label wise blood has really launched way faster than I anticipated. Cause I figured I was just going to kind of like crawl along for two years and learn the ropes. Um, and you know, we've already, uh, we've already surpassed, you know, my sort of humble goals, uh, for the first six months. Um, so I'm doing really well there. Um, with decibel, I've had, I think four cover stories in the, in the past year. Um, so to do a third of their cover stories is, uh, is just an honor. You know, they put that much trust in me. Um, so all that stuff is good. You know, the the personal stuff, I lost my job uh, last March, um, and it definitely pushed me into kind of like a capitalist existentialism. And, and I was just like, man, am I, am I going to be a corporate stooge all my life and just get discarded whenever, you know, times are tough? Um, so that's what kind of pushed me to pursuing the, the record label. Um you know, so even out of that kind of darkness came this this drive to be more involved in the community, you know, and really rally support for all these other people that, you know, are in a gig economy, you know, all the sound techs and people working in venues and rely on touring, they're all out of work. So, you know, the label is hopefully a way to get uh, uh, some support for uh, the local community here, too. Right on, right on. That actually answered what was going to be my second <laughs> question before I even put it out there, because I was going to say, okay, maybe give a little, you know, whys and wherefores behind the new um, label, and like why you would even, like with the current climate, like the way the music industry is today, 
<laughs> doing an independent label now must just be you know like makes make makes you go like why would you do that for starters and it must be just nerve-wracking for you yeah no i've, I've definitely questioned my my mental health uh, <laughs> when, when I was like, man, what am I doing here? Why am I starting while I'm unemployed? Why am I starting this, this new venture, you know? Um, but, uh, but the, the reality of it is, uh, the stakes are pretty low, you know, for, for a new label and for the bands. Uh, I felt like they were, I'm working with new bands and from the start, I was very, uh, transparent about my lack of experience running a label uh and i felt like as long as the communication was open and honest you know they knew i was coming from a place of uh good intentions um so i was like yeah listen we can grow together and you know the contract the contractual language is really forgiving so you know basically it's just a partnership and people can back out whenever so if they don't like how something is being handled, you know, that that's fine. I, I want I want the bands to be happy and have as many ears on them as possible. So I think uh, even though bands can't tour, you know, I, I would really just wanted to, to kind of learn the business side of this for the first year or two. And uh, so all of a sudden uh, it felt way more manageable. You know, it didn't seem like, oh, I have to turn. Uh, mother of graves into like a sensation overnight i was like listen like modest goals and we'll build from there uh and and that band uh, has certainly uh exceeded what i expected to do so yeah yeah it just it just came from a place of like w wanting to support local bands and and i was like well why not here and why not now you know listen uh i budgeted out the first couple years uh, felt like I'm staying away from vinyl, which is, you know, the big like sink or swim moment mm -hmm. uh, for a lot of labels because it's so expensive. I mean, you know, it's you know going to be like two grand to put out, you know, a hundred, a hundred uh, records for something like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so, yeah, no, it, at one point I, I was uh, I just said, listen, just jump in, just jump in and, and start swimming. And uh, there were so many people ready to help. And ready to support, and that, and that's why I love heavy music, and I think that's probably why you do this too. Oh yeah, it's just such a big community aspect. You mm -hmm, know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, there's there's no money in this. I've been doing this like 14 years, and I <laughs> I, I probably paid more than, than what has been brought in. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. uh this great local band, the the Mound Builders, and they're. Their singer said to me, he's like, listen, if I ever made a, a million dollars doing this, it's because I spent two million to get there. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You yeah. know, and sure. uh, yeah, passion reigns supreme. So mm -hmm. guys, guys like you and hopefully what we bring to the, the label, um, you know, hopefully keep that fire alive. We're trying. We're trying. We're trying for sure. Yeah. For sure. What are some of the artists that, well, you've got a couple of them, and I imagine some in the works, but here's your <laughs> chance to drop some names. Oh, man, yeah. So uh, the the first band I signed uh, was Mother of Graves. Uh, they're a melodic death doom band from right here in Indianapolis where I'm based. And uh, these guys were just blew me away with their gloomy you know, early catatonia, 
uh, sort of Paradise Lost sort of vibe. Uh, and their EP, um, In Somber Dreams, is right now, it's still ranked like up in the top four in Death Metal and Doom on Bandcamp right now. Um, so I just never anticipated that sort of response, and they—I mean—they're—they're they're thrilled. You know, we—we we got it uh, mastered by by Dan Swano mm. uh, from, from Edge of Sanity. Mm-hmm. So you know, from the start, I knew I wanted to work with uh, with people who have a sort of history uh, and, and a legacy in the scene. Um, so we have Mother Graves, who are amazing, and then uh, Vexing Hex. Uh, they're a an occult rock, sort of proggy occult rock band from Illinois, so our neighboring state. And they, they joke that they put the ABBA in Sabbath um, <laughs> because, <laughs> that, you know, they, they do have sort of like a Blue Oyster cult uh, sort of uh, sort of vibe. And, uh, you know, fans of like the first Ghost album and Danzig and, you know, 70s prog. Uh, they'll really dig that band who I kind of describe as like if Pet Sounds was recorded in like a haunted crypt. It's uh, <laughs> it's kind of the, the vibe I get from it. Um, and uh, yeah, those are those are the two albums we have out right now. We have four others in the works that I, I can't reveal. The only one I can talk about is Dead Ed, um, which is like a horror synth, like slasher wave uh, record from the drummer skeleton witch so the ex drummer uh, Dustin Bolchus so um, yeah those, those are you know right now there's not a single genre that we target you know basically if it's if it catches my ear you know and uh, and I love it I'll put it out um, you know I dig I dig labels like dark descent uh, you specialize in in a single genre like in their case death metal but but for me it's just going to be you know it's just me and my pet rat running this thing <laughs> so you know so it's just going to be you know stuff i love and we're going to be focused on like local and and regional uh bands for sure right on right on that's a good way of um of contributing for sure for sure and i totally get like what you're doing like with with the label because with this show we cover like every form and subgenre of of, mm-hmm. the, of aggressive music and all of that. Um, when working with a guy like Dan Swano, like just in terms of uh, like cost, is he actually mm-hmm. would he cost any more than say someone from the local area? Yeah, you know, there's there's definitely a, an additional uh, cost there, and that was something that I sort of charted out for the band. Uh, you know, I contribute, uh, I contribute a, a certain amount to you know mastering and artwork and layout and all that. Um, so in the case of Dan, I was like, you know, listen, it, it's it's slightly more. It's an EP. You know, so that that lowered the cost because it's you know <laughs> half the length of of a full full length. But uh, I, I just determined that the the price, the additional cost, was just well worth it. Um, just to announce that we're you know we're taking this seriously. We want a the highest quality uh, product. And by by product, I don't I don't mean the music. Uh, you know, I mean like the actual merch and stuff. Um, but uh, 
you know, we just really wanted to announce, like, listen, we we want to honor the music. We want to work with the best, but we're also going to give uh, new people a, a chance too. you know. So I, I feel like this was a great mix of like a debut album. And I really wanted it in the hands of someone with a long and storied career. Mm-hmm. So I, I well worth the investment, man. Like, I mean, Dan was just such a, a pleasant gentleman the entire time. And uh, I'm excited to get, you know, usually he shares like the uh, the albums that he masters. So it's kind of like built in advertising mm-hmm. because he's such a beloved figure. Uh, so, you know, that that went into the decision, too, where I was just like I gave them a short list of, you know, sort of like my preferred uh, engineers. And I was like, and what about Dan? Like, could we just <laughs> go with the go with one of the best? And everyone, if they could think of a word shorter than yes, they would have said it. Uh, you know, everyone was super amped to have him on, on board. Mm-hmm. And for what I do, when I'm observing new talent and new, new records and all that, I see a name like Mr. Swano and all that, and that gets my attention. Mm-hmm. You know, and it makes me want to dive into a little bit further. Well, you sound like the exact type of guy we're trying to appeal to. You know, like uh, we we people that have that that knowledge of the the depth of you know heavy metal history, like they know that you know Dan. He mastered those early Catatonia records, you know. Like, is that a little too on the nose? <laughs> a little too on the nose? I didn't think so. <laughs> I thought it was perfect and kind of closed the circle, you know. Um, so, you know, the, a dude who's been in, you know, bloodbath and, you know, uh, mastered Opeth, like, will always be welcome to work on our records. We'd be lucky to have him, you know, uh, on the full length for sure. Right on, right on, yeah, yeah, and I'm so glad to hear you say he was a really chill guy and really good to work with. I mean, you just add the absolute best. I was like, uh, I was like, man, what well, you know? Don't, I don't want to, I don't want to rush you because you know you're a, a fucking king, you're a legend in this genre, and I'm a new kid. But like, you know, what's the sort of ETA? He's like, oh, a couple days, I'll just get up and have some coffee. I'll have it to you soon. And he was just so. Uh, so relaxed and uh, and and just a joy, man, a joy to work with. Mm-hmm. I'm sure for people like on the outside looking in, they might think, oh, like um, Dan Swano, he's this legendary guy, you know, and he's this big rock star, and he lives in a mansion, and he's got a pool full of groupies and all that, and he must be this big super ego guy but then you sit down and you get to know these people like you and i get to be able to and Mm -hmm. they're just cool guys that just like music a lot yeah i mean yeah i think you've done over 600 you know episodes of the show oh yeah like you know and i've done all these issues of decibel like how many times have you run into a big ego like for me i can count them on one hand over all these years Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I don't, because they're and if they do, if they are kind of a little on the rock starish, they're not going to show that part to you and I. No, so that helps. That helps us. <laughs> That's true. That that is true. We we do have an edge there because you know we're going to be we're recording it. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So that, you don't want us. That, yeah. Oh, for for sure, for sure. But I've noticed. 
it's far and few between, you know, like having to deal with, uh, like through the promoter that I volunteer with around here, like, yeah, I can count them all on one hand, like the ego that we've had to deal with. So yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And it's, it's stuff like that. Okay. That makes me want to volunteer, you know, it's, getting up going and doing all that i can to help out and then when you see okay i've been a big fan of this guy since i was 14 and he's buying me a drink like wow okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh my god i i remember watching i met dan seagrave you know the great Mm -hmm. uh, the great artist and uh and watching, being able to sit at the decibel booth with Dan Seagrave and then go watch like a repulsion set was like one of the most metal things of my life. Yes, uh, you know, and and he just wanted to talk about you know like weird, obscure sci-fi movies from like the seventies. It was just you know it, we're all we're all kind of nerds, and I love it. You oh, know, because it's such it's such a niche uh, interest. You know, uh, heavy metal. Uh, you can unite us all, and we can just jabber on about like all all the uh, liner notes of all these albums. I, I just I love that element of it, and uh, you know we can we can always find some uh, something to chat about. Definitely, definitely, it's a, definitely a small world because at the <laughs> about I don't know maybe about six years ago now at the Noctis Festival in Cagliari, I had a booth right beside Dan Seagraves. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and all of this stuff that you just said about what a great guy he is and he just likes to hang out and all that, I can verify that because he was the same way with me. Yeah, that is so <laughs> rad, man. I, I love that. I, I love that we have this web of, <laughs> right. you know, of, uh, of these like revered people who, who really defined heavy music in the 90s, you know, once it became uh, a sort of like viable commercial genre. Um, and, and they are still out there and they are beloved for the role that they had, you know, sort of shaping the scene, mm-hmm. uh, and that there's still just like, you can go over a beer, just like, just chat with them. Just like, uh, just like you're hanging out at a bar. I oh, love it. for sure. Yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. Okay. Kind of want to switch gears a little bit. Um, talking sure. about your work with decibel magazine okay first of all before we get into that i have to give you a little bit of a warning okay sure um if at some point you hear me refer to the magazine as decibel okay there's there's a good reason for that okay (laughs) a couple a couple uh years ago right my former co-hostess you know, while we were on the air, she made a reference to Decibel magazine, but she ended up calling it Decibel. Okay. <laughs> okay. Honest mistake, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it was really weird because a couple days later, a friend of mine who's was her age as well, pushing 30, okay, he referred to it as Decibel. Okay, and I'm like, well, was this a generational thing or something? Like, what's what's going on here? Can't this generation pronounce this word? Whatever. Right. <laughs> so, of course, of course, we we did nothing but rib her on that episode about the whole thing, 
And it's just been an ongoing joke with Aaron, my current co-host, and all that. Whenever we refer to decibel, we always keep the joke going by calling it deciable. So, <laughs> I'm I'm glad you warned me because I, I probably would be a polite guest and not say anything, but I'd be like racked with anxiety. Like, like should I say something? Like, you know, is it is it better for the universe if I correct this this gentleman on his own show? I don't think so. So, thank you for the warning. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long have you been with Disciple? Uh, well, it'll be eight years uh, this spring, um, and I sort of uh, let's see. So eight years ago, wow, that's wild to think about. Uh, when I joined them, I, I was like the the baby of the writing staff, you know, and they would like jokingly like ask to see my ID when we were at festivals <laughs> and stuff, uh, and I was well over twenty one, but um, but uh, but yeah, when I was considering, uh, basically I was in a sort of depressive episode. Uh, it was like a turn of the turn of the new year. And I was like, well, you know, I, I really would love to write about music. I don't really know where to start. Uh, so I set a goal for myself that I would start a blog, uh, and I would write every day for 30 days. Um, and you know, after that I would have a decent little portfolio uh, and I would just start sending it out, you know, to to places that I, I revered. Um, and it's the only thing that's ever worked, like, perfectly as planned in my entire <laughs> life, man. Only thing. Um, so I, I had a blog called uh, Mr. Growl. And uh, I sent it into Andrew Bonazelli, who was managing editor at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just so quick within a, within a week, you know, I gave him my writing samples. He was like, all right, yeah, we'll try you out. <laughs> and I was like, and I got turned down from a bunch of other, you know, magazines that, uh, and even just websites, you know? So all of a sudden my very favorite magazine <laughs> accepted me, uh, <laughs> you know, and all like within episode, like one and two, I was uh, episode, sorry, issue. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was I was uh, talking to you know Deeds of Flesh and Napalm Death and all these people I'd I'd listened to since I was a teenager. Uh, um, so it was just surreal that uh, you know uh, Andrew and the editor in chief Albert, uh, they both gave me this opportunity, and it, it's like a little family, man. It's so cool. Like we'll, we'll meet up at festivals and. and you know, just like uh, kind of slum it at the uh, at the merch booth, and uh, you know, fans will come up and be like, "Oh, have you guys thought about putting uh, Neurosis in the Hall of Fame?" We're like, "Only every day, dude." <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's fun. It's fun to kind of like chat with um, readers who probably have disagreed with my reviews a bunch of times. You know, and uh, you know, kind of just make a, a personal connection. Like, I, I just love the family element of decibel and uh yeah that's kind of how i got started there right on right on and you kind of mentioned that it was your favorite magazine going in so Mm -hmm. like over your fandom okay do you have you do you have did you read a lot growing up of various different publications yeah 
Yeah, definitely. You know, Metal Maniacs and uh, Metal Hammer were ones that uh, that I read a lot. Um, but uh, but you know, Decibel was one. It came out when I was in college, so uh, I had that that first issue with uh, Dillinger Escape Plan. Uh, you know, I had that. And I think it's been I've, since then I've moved, you know, probably a dozen times to various, you know, vermin infested Brooklyn apartments. But um, so I think it's been a loss to time. But uh, but yeah, I read Decibel voraciously and these writers that are on the staff that are now my friends were were people that I would like. I can't wait to read, you know, the needle exchange column by Shane Mailing and uh you know, and see what what vinyl he recommends this month, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, J- Justin Norton and Jay Bennett and Chris Dick, all these guys that you know I've read for years before I could call them friends. It's just it's just wild. Uh, it's just wild to me, man. Definitely, definitely. The um, the last editor of Metal Maniacs, Liz Sieverella Brennan. She writes with yeah. you too. Yeah. Liz, uh, Liz is awesome. She also does ear split, um, you know, her, you know, publicity, like promotion, mm-hmm. uh, company. So I've worked with her and actually her husband, Dave did sound for a short film I directed. Uh, so it's, again, it's just so cool because these people we know, like <laughs> we just intertwine, you know, it's just such like a, a rich network of people that, that get shit done. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like. That's what I like about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Okay, that was your. You had the very first issue of Decibel. What was the first article that you ever wrote for them? Ooh, I, I actually, I think the very first one I think was a review of, I think Serpent Throne. Um, I would, actually, I'm going to do a quick search, but I believe that was uh, that's like a Philadelphia um, in, instrumental like stoner band, uh, and I think they were involved with that documentary about uh, Bobby Liebling. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, right. From, right. from Pentagraph. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think they, uh, the guys in that band, uh, did that documentary, uh, and the, the album ruled. But I think that was the first one. Uh, where I was like looking up their names, I was like, "Man, I know, I know these guys." Like, it, it's just wild <laughs> to me that, like, wh- who am I to have like a, an opinion about these guys who have achieved way more than me? Uh, you know, so I think that has been a constant battle uh, when you're a critical writer. Is like, how do you? I, I'm like, uh, you know, desperately aware. I'm just one dude with an opinion. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I over time I just try to. Uh, I try to never uh, disrespect the the musical offering of the band. You know, if it's not for me, uh, you know, I, I I have to find a way to convey that without without ripping on someone that worked on this for years when I'm just writing this in like a couple hours. Right. You know what right. I mean. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's nothing worse than maybe someone got up on the wrong side of the bed and now they're going to try to critique something it's like no right kind of phrase it where it's at least somewhat positive in some way shape or form yeah you know uh i really wish 
I mean, I I don't write a negative review unless I'm getting paid. <laughs> so there's, <laughs> yeah. there's that element, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's just me on my free time, um, I you know I don't I don't write reviews that trash people because I would rather spread uh, music that that makes me happy. Of you course, know? and mm-hmm. and we all have the the subgenres that. Uh, that appeal to us more, you know? So I'm not really the dude for like folk metal. I'm not really the dude for, uh, you know, super raw black metal. Like those just aren't my genres of choice. So usually I'm like, yeah, if you could defer to someone who will like dig this more than me, if not, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try to do their, uh, their art justice, but it's probably not the best match, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I get that. I get that. If we're, if there's a record or something that comes across my desk for airplay and I don't really dig it, I'm not going to play it just to say that I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> man, I'm so glad that you have that integrity because you know some people that's a way to get traffic. Mm-hmm. You know, is to have like really savage reviews and i just think that's such a toxic uh way like i'm not talking about only you know like everything like you have to praise everything everything gets an eight or nine out of ten mm-hmm. uh, you know but but i think uh saving uh saving the the negativity um for for maybe a p- private conversations more mm-hmm. than just like uh you know, dismissing bands out front. I like how you operate. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, can you... Okay, it's all in the past. It's all public record. But um, who are some of the bands that you've spoken to? Like, you mentioned the last... you doing three or four covers re- recently. But who are some of your favorite um, subjects? Well, uh, my very first cover story was with Neurosis, and that was one that was like many years in the making because they kind of, you know, refused um, to be in the Hall of Fame for a while, um, uh, and not because of any negativity towards the magazine. It was just, you know, their their personal like they didn't want all the members to kind of be interviewed so all of a sudden doing a story with them i was like yeah no pressure it's only you know 140 issues in you know we're finally getting the chance to talk to this band uh so neurosis was a big one and those guys were really giving of their time you know i was chatting them with each of them for a couple hours um uh that one was really cool baroness um yeah, if you like uh, Baroness, uh, you know I got to hear their Golden Gray record uh, in the ba- in John Baisley's basement. Oh wow! Uh, with, with him and uh, the guitarist Gina. Um, so basically, I was the first reporter to hear that record, and I, it was with them in front of me <laughs> in his freezing basement while we were just like we're all wearing mittens and like <laughs> it was the middle of winter, uh, and it's a long record too. So we were down there for like you know seventy minutes just, uh, and then plus the interview time. Right. So you know that was uh, that was a really fun, unique uh, experience. Um, and I just got to say, the my favorite interview subject of all time has got to be Dave Windorf of Monster Magnet. Ah, uh, that dude is just such a quote machine, and he is so <laughs> like exuberant. He has this like weirdo 
comic book shop like uh you know geekdom that uh that i just love you know and like we'll be talking about comics and russ meyer films and <laughs> william s burroughs and every drug on the planet earth and some drugs from outer space and you know and that guy is just such a pleasure to chat with I uh, I kind of I kind of wish <laughs> that he could just kind of narrate my life because he <laughs> he is so he is so fun and and Monster Magnet uh, is one of my favorite bands of all time so right on right on yeah it's I can I can uh, I I can agree with you the thrill okay when you're like you're into this band at 14 and all of a sudden, you know, they're in town and you're going to be talking to them and they're like, okay, um, meet me at the bus at this time and we'll do it on the bus. And you're kind of like, uh, okay, okay, sure. And then you like, you can't play fanboy. You know what I mean? Like when you're, oh, yeah. when you're, fa- <laughs> you're face to face, you're kind of, you, you have to, kind of keep it together but meanwhile inside you know you're we're all still music fans mm-hmm. you know and i've often said if i ever lose that feeling of excitement for doing this then i'm gonna quit i'm just it's done right you know? yeah if you don't get that the kind of like butterfly excitement of, of chatting with somebody you know like well, uh, without turning into you know Chris Farley, you know on this <laughs> on SNL, like hey, remember Harmony Corruption? <laughs> that was awesome, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, so there's that element. I was like, okay, I gotta, and that's why I follow questions really carefully, so I don't like derail into just me blathering about albums of theirs that I've listened to, uh, you know, a hundred times. Um, you know, I kind of had to do that. I had to really rein it in. We, I talked to Danny Filth of uh, Cradle of Filth, and they're they're just one of my favorite bands of all time. Like uh, the uh, Cruelty and the Beast record mm. uh, mm-hmm. is just oh my god, it's just one of my favorites. And uh, uh, you know, I had to really stop from just talking with Danny Filth and just praising his lyricism <laughs> and like his iambic pentameter and all that. I was getting I was getting really dorky with it. Uh, and I was like, all right, just calm down. What were we talking about again? <laughs> I think we're talking about something else. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I can tell, like, from your show um, that you still have that fire. And, uh, you know, I, I love what you're doing. Mm, for, thank you. Yeah, for the I'm blushing. <laughs> Jay, Jay Bennett, one of our best writers, he writes for Revolver too. You know, he he said, you know, flattery will get you everywhere. So <laughs> yeah, 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 it's well I, it's well earned, my friend. Jay was up here. Oh, I don't. It's about five years ago. One of his bands, Ides to Gemini. Ides to Gemini. Yeah, yeah they were supporting um, Ghost up here. And I just, I went into a record shop. I was kind of volunteering. It's just an independent metal shop. I was volunteering there. I was, I showed up for what was going to be, I was going to work a couple hours before going to that show. And my coworker said, hey, you read this Decibel magazine, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, one of their writers, Jay, was just in here. Oh just missed him oh, 
<laughs> that uh, he, I mean, talk about uh, just another another dude who is. I mean, he's. I think he's about eight feet tall. I mean, he's just like this enormous, you know, bearded dude uh, who is just so kind. You know, I, I finally got to meet him in uh, Los Angeles for one of the decibel like metal and beer fests, ah. um, and. I, I have to admit, I was actually more nervous to meet him than I was to like talk to like Tom G. Warrior, uh, uh, like because you know it. I, I've just read his stuff you know, like for the duration of Decibel, and his interview skills are just are are, are unmatched. He's just so good uh, in his interviews and agile and asks tough questions, but is like relatable. Um, so when I finally got the chance to talk to him. He just, it just blew me away just how how like how gentle and generous he was like a uh, really cool guy right on right on and like people that don't really bother with the publications and all that might not understand like when guys like you and I when we get excited to meet these writers okay hmm. others must look at us like okay whatever he's not a rock star <laughs> yeah well he's a rock star to us <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> i mean i mean and also like he is in a touring band yeah know? that's so, another thing too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah you're right you know i mean this is a guy who every every issue i think in this most recent one he's talking to ice tea again he's he's interviewed him a few times um and he is just uh always asking questions that i wish i had the courage to ask uh-huh. you know and uh and that's one thing you know I- i've learned a lot from him uh and w- one thing i do now is if i have a tough question i save it for the end of the interview <laughs> that way <laughs> you know i can get all the other questions i need and uh, you know get my coverage and then if i need to take a risk um uh, you know I- I- at least i have a piece still so I don't piss off. Yeah, it doesn't hang up or something and all that. But come on. <laughs> I, I, I think I've only had in eight years. I think I've only had like really one contentious interview, uh-huh. uh, and and I don't even mind saying it because it, it, they weren't mean, but it was uh, Dimu Borgir. Um, I I interviewed them and they just didn't want to talk about their lyrics. So you know, the totally understandable thing. Um, I wasn't trying to like decipher their lyrics and unlock their like, you know, unlock their secrets or anything. I, w- I really just wanted to talk about the themes that are important to them and you know and, and Satanism in general, and, and they just weren't interested. So you know that was like a contentious kind of like weird thing, but but it, it worked out. It, it always it always works out. You know, we're we're both there to talk about a record that we like. So. Mm-hmm. That's what's yeah. important. We, we smoothed it out. And also, as journalists, I'm sure like we understand that on press days for bands, you could be the fourth interview, fifth interview that he's done in the last two hours and all that. So it's like, you know, we kind of understand sometimes they're not that talkative, right? Mm-hmm. And you yeah. get some some others, like, you can't shut them up, which is great. <laughs> like <laughs> me, know? yeah. Uh, no, there's certainly a fatigue, you know, that uh, if I had to do this all day for a, for a week, you know, uh, I, I would start begging people, like, can we just do an email interview, please, <laughs> so I can just copy and paste this garbage in there. Um, 
you know, so uh, yeah, I definitely, I'm glad you kind of sympathize and, and even empathize with the, the, the sort of demand for the, the artist, you know? So yeah, I, I try to be accommodating as much as possible and <laughs> it's worked out. Every, I mean, these guys are, most of them are pros and some of them are just more nervous than I am, you know? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I, I get that. I see that. I see that, like, I'm talking face-to-face with a band, like, maybe on a smaller label or something, that don't do a lot of radio interviews. It's all websites and email and all that, email interviews. So when they want to, like, a verbal, you know, I can see in their face, like, what's going through their, what they're going through their head. They're (laughs) like, okay, stay cool. You know, don't say anything stupid. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, don't talk about the Illuminati. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. So I'll I'll make a couple jokes to get them at ease. You know, at first and all uh, that. And yeah, then they go. Up. Sorry? Oh, loosen them up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I also have a standard question when talking to... Um, like a, a so-called legendary band, I always like to start the interview off, and our longtime listeners know, know, know this already, but I'll say, okay, what's your first reaction to the word legendary? That immediately Ooh. puts a smile on their face, and they're in a good <laughs> mood, and everything runs smooth from there. And it's a legit question as well, like because these bands yeah. see, you know, the legendary so-and-so. You know, like, that's, how do you react to that? You know, because while Joe and Jane Average might not think that Brian Tatler from Diamond Head is a legend, well, he is to us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, <laughs> yeah, no, it's so interesting, uh, you know, that the, the celebrity status in the uh, in the metal scene, like, these, these are people that... Uh, you know, will have had such an impact on us. And, and you had Brian on recently. Just recently, I, yeah. I saw. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I just love that element. I love that, you know, we can see Shane Embry from uh, from Napalm <laughs> Death and it'd be like instantly recognize this guy, you know, as someone mm. who shaped Grindcore. Uh, you know, but, you know, if he goes to uh, a grocery store in the States, you know, no one's going to stop him. Like, you know, I, I just love that that we have this like photographic memory of these guys that shaped our genre, uh, and the, and that the people that he's shopping around probably don't know. Don't know. Like, he's like yeah. a big deal to us, like a mm-hmm. super big deal. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it makes it, it makes it feel like we're we're part of a, a club. You know? Oh, definitely. I mean? Yeah, a secret society. <laughs> yeah, secret. Yeah, I thought we weren't talking about the Illuminati. <laughs> Yeah. One of the things I'll never forget is I presented the legendary thing with uh, Bobby from Overkill, Blitz. Oh, yeah. And he said, yeah, when I'm out on tour, you know, I get people using that word legendary to, to me and all that. And that's all that's fine. But then I go home and my wife goes, yeah, that's nice, dear. Now, why don't you get your legendary ass out and mow the lawn? <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> brutal. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, the legendary that, that stops at the uh, doorway. That's right. Home. That's right. You know? That's yeah, right. I, I'm legendarily feeding my rat. And, uh, <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> doing the dishes. Yeah. No, it's it's the same thing in this house too. Yes, I've been doing this for so long, and you know we've we've done a, we've we have our share of listeners over the years, and I've spoken to some legendary artists, but Mrs. Snowy just okay. That's nice, dear. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Dude, I I do want to say I've I've been so impressed with the interviews that you've uh, you've conducted oh, and, and lined up. You. It's really awesome. Like uh, you know, even recently, um, I know I saw you had Jarrett Pritchard on. Mm-hmm. You know who uh, who uh, his his band of uh, Hulker Morte is just kind of a short drive away from us in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, I just I just love the kind of. Uh, uh, what you what you've built with uh, radioactive metal? It's really cool. We're trying. We're trying. Yeah, we've had we we run the gamut. We've had everyone from members of the Scorpions all the way to local hardcore bands, and we try to give them all like the same the same amount of attention and credibility, like to for us and all that. It's just if I. If I ever lose this, you know, this feeling, then I'm going to quit. And I can never imagine not doing this anymore. Yeah. You know, like I've had co-hosts come and go and I'm like, okay, if that's what you choose to do, that's fine. I respect that. As long as there's breath in my body, like I'm going to be doing this. So. And, <sighs> and you know, that the way that you serve the the metal community with that, you know, is it just sounds very similar to the the whole uh ethos behind wise blood records which was just you know community first like mm-hmm. let's build let's build local and regional first and from there we'll try to get the attention of you know of of larger uh venues like you know like decibel uh like invisible oranges you know uh like the obelisk all these really cool people who uh, do things the right way uh and uh you know i'm just so i'm just so proud of you know these kind of small bands from the american midwest uh that are picking up steam uh because their their material is good it's really good uh but also you know that we are just being uh welcoming you know we, we have like we're putting good vibes out there you know we're we're bringing other people along with us for the ride and i think uh, what you're doing is just really it really aligns with that you know who wants to succeed alone you right. know so like <laughs> you, you bring bands with you like mm-hmm. you, you mentioned i think in the last uh episode you were you were talking about actually running a label and how you would sign this like black metal band mm-hmm. um, you know and and so uh, for me i was just like man that that's that's what got me into this is you know first, first of all like if you're at like a dive bar who doesn't love like filling up a jukebox with your songs <laughs> you, you know betcha, but huh? we're, we're filling up other people's like cd collections with our with our stuff it's very it, that's like the fun element mm-hmm. of running a label is like supporting supporting bands getting people to appreciate and hear the music that you love um and uh, you know, along the way, you know, it's not just groupies and champagne. I spend like <laughs> way more time thinking about boring shit, like what type of envelope should I use? 
<laughs> and like, yeah. what's the correct postage to send to Canada? You know, this is like the, this stuff is not very glamorous writing a label, but is important. And mm-hmm. every single order, like I have, I think I got about like 20 orders I'm shipping out today. Um, every order, I, I like, I cherish it. Like it is just, I feel such satisfaction because I, you know, I, they're hand numbered. I drip wax onto like a thank you card and impress it with a uh, with a sigil. So there's like a wax sigil on every one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the the bands and the fans. It's what it's all about, man. Like, and uh, so I hope my attention to detail uh, honors the commitment of the fan. Definitely, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm absolutely. If you've if you've listened to one episode or you've listened to them all, it's just I'm just so stoked that someone you know takes a couple hours out of their week every week just to hear you know what comes out of my mouth because there's a lot right. of people that wish I would shut up. You know? <laughs> man, who are these people i want to talk to these people this has been uh very pleasant so i don't know what they're talking about uh, but yeah but you're right there's so many ways to spend your time you know so many ways to spend your money so i i never feel entitled to either of those things from mm-hmm. from a support you know uh so when somebody's like pauses and listens to you know mother graves or vexing hex when somebody you know spends their money on a cassette like we just had somebody order something from australia and that's like 20 dollars shipping wow. you know and so i had to put it i put an extra tape for them because listen they took they took money out of their you know that's that's their life like and they took the time out to support our label so you know we're all about uh, we're all about appreciating the the role of the fan, and uh, you know, hopefully, moving forward as we release, you know, hopefully up to four or five other records this year, uh, you know, we'll we'll push that number of fans, you know, past uh, past the uh, you know two thousand. So that's what I'm. That's the goal. Right on, right on, and yeah, as soon as as soon as I can, I was really impressed with uh, Vexing Hex. Yeah, that, oh, oh, that's some man. great stuff. And as soon as I can, I've got them on the list of bands I want to speak to. For sure, I, for sure. Yeah, I would, I would love to, uh, I would love to introduce you because uh, those dudes are supremely talented. Uh, you know, Cadaverous, the singer, you know, has that has that really great voice. You know, they have a background in theatrical singing and barbershop and all that. Uh, which is really that's why those harmonies are so crisp and beautiful on that record, um, and you know they have, <laughs> you know that their sort of uh, band lore is that you know they are uh, possessed by rock and roll, and uh, so they are mere mortal entities that are possessed by this like occult rock presence. So uh, it it would be a very fun interview. Oh, I, I'm, <laughs> I sure I'm already thinking of questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. No, they they'd have a great time, man. Right on, right on. Um, the latest episode. Episode. See, I said it too. The latest <laughs> yeah. issue. The latest issue of Disciple here. I've okay. I've had problems with it due to the whole pandemic and all that um we haven't been able to get it up here 
-hmm. okay, up here in the Great White North, at least in my area, for like eight months now. So I ended up having to get caught up. I made a big uh, back order for those issues. And then Mrs. Snowy said to me, okay, here, I just took out a subscription for you. Okay, excellent. And I'm now eagerly awaiting that first issue, which is, I'm hoping it should be the one with Nervosa on the cover. And Nervosa, I'll, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that, um, that, I mean, I love Nervosa, mm -hmm. first of all, like the great band. And I actually interviewed them for a <laughs> this really strange magazine uh, called Girls and Corpses. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, I've seen them yep. kind of b bouncing around on the interwebs, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I interviewed them for a column I had uh, called For Those About to Rot um, <laughs> for that for that magazine and uh they were just they were just such a pleasure uh they, they had a great sense of humor because obviously it's a weirdo it's like if playboy and rue morgue and <laughs> you know mad magazine were all rolled together um so yeah they were they were really cool it's fun to see them kind of rise you know and that's i that's when i just started doing music writing so you know so over the course of you know seven years or so uh, being able to see them now on on the decibel cover, like well earned. Definitely, they have, mm -hmm. they've just really improved with every record. Uh, but uh, yeah, so they're in that. Um, we also in that issue we have like our top twenty most anticipated albums. Um, so I, I won't I won't ruin it for you <laughs> with, with what bands are there. Um, but looking through the list, you know, I have I've interviewed a bunch of these bands before, so it's just. Uh, I'll, I'll ruin one. I'll ruin okay. One. Uh, at the gates. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. You know, I've I've talked, uh, I've talked to uh, at the gates uh, and t uh, Tomas uh, uh, a bunch of times, and I think what my favorite one though <laughs> was usually he's totally prepared for what we're gonna chat about. You know, whether it's like a retrospective or their new album. Uh, but I got on a Skype call with him one time for I was writing a column about dreams and nightmares okay. uh, and having musicians kind of like talk about their scariest nightmares they've had and he had no idea <laughs> what i was going to be talking about so he was just like is that it you wanted to ask me about my nightmare i was like yeah uh uh sorry uh i know it just sounds like I, i'm just trying to like chat about you sleeping um sorry to be kind of a creep but uh, it's a bigger but picture yeah, yeah. And he was just like, all right, this is very bizarre. Uh, <laughs> very politely, of course. Of course, yeah. Like, this is probably the strangest interview request I've had. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, at the gates, I've, I've talked to probably at this point like four four or five times. Because um, they are decibel favorites, for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then that's understandable. There are some times, okay, where everything with with decibel and radioactive metal like we i'm sure we deal with a lot of the same people and pr behind the scenes and all that because there are times where i'll be at the newsstand i'll grab the new issue and seeing who you guys spoke to and all that mm -hmm. it's like okay 
I just had this band on, just had this band on, this this band on, and all that. And sometimes it's just like, it's so freaky sometimes. And so, like, I'll go on the air and say, it's like, Decibel is like radioactive metals program. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've hacked, really, we just hacked your emails, and we're just copying uh, another tastemaker. That's what, you know, uh, yeah, no, it's, there's like basically this like almost churning industry of of music promotion you know what i mean mm-hmm. like uh usually about two months out uh you start hearing about these albums that are that are coming up and people start setting up interviews and features and all that and for print uh, it's always weird because i'll write a cover story that's like very timely and then it won't come out for two or three months <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i was like oh man this was like fresh news like mm. right when i wrote it um, you know that happened most like probably the biggest one was i did a necro uh cover story oh right um, on yeah and uh you know great band and but that was right when the pandemic started up uh and at the time, it would have been the first pandemic cover story, but then we pushed it back a couple issues. So all my writing was like, yeah, I, we're tired of the pandemic. Like, shut up. Uh, but at the time, you know, but, um, but, but yeah, I, I love how, you know, there will be an album like, uh, like my guess is that you're going to be talking about stuff like, like tribulation, you know, coming out because, you know, Yep. That's, that's <laughs> out now, you know, and we that's going to be that's our next cover. Ah, you know, okay, yeah. It's uh, yeah. tribulation and I have the one after that. I can't um, okay. feel nope. what it's about yet, but oh, um, it'll be a surprise. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a surprise and uh but you know, so like tribulation is out there making the rounds, a gate creeper. Uh have you talked to Chase before? I when he no not yet no okay yeah so i i was able to talk to him uh recently and uh you know so he revealed this album they just dropped you mm-hmm. know uh and that's always a thrill when you kind of live in with the secret like, <laughs> yeah you know? well i've heard that Shh, don't tell anyone but <laughs> and then yeah, okay you can trust me you know yeah right and then you're just waiting for the day it's like officially announced and yeah just like, I've, known this. I've known this for two months yeah, it's, like, you can, it's like you can breathe again it's like yeah oh my god like, it, it's really it was tough like and I'm, I'm holding on to stuff for our our label right now that i just want to shout it from the rooftops because we have some really cool stuff coming right on, um right on. but we can't no, but uh no, i get it <laughs> <laughs> one thing i can though is i saw that you you're sponsored by true cult uh, we are Coffee. we are yeah um and we actually have a collab with them that i think will be announced monday so i don't i don't mind telling you now oh, that, okay um, yeah this that that'll happen before before <laughs> this okay excellent <laughs> right on. but uh, but mother of graves is going to be one of their featured bands for uh for february that's what so, i want to hear that's what i want to yeah. hear like it is so rad what what Sean is doing over wow. there at True Cult. Like, He's a great uh, guy. Yeah, we he um we're gonna be working together on some Wise Blood shirts. He's gonna be handling my my first printing of shirts, you know, with his embodiment press. Uh, and uh, I'm just super impressed with his entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's really just doing it. He's doing it for the right reasons. And who doesn't 
want to listen to some like really thick, gloomy, <laughs> wintry death doom while you're having some good while coffee. While you're having coffee, yeah. You know, it's it. just a perfect February mix. <laughs> Hot coffee and just like cold, like straight from the void death doom. <laughs> so. No, I get that for sure. For sure. And he's total DIY. You know, and it's yeah. a, it's, it's all, it's a, what we say, you know, when we do the read, it's a very metal product for metalheads by a genuine metalhead and all that. So, yeah, that's why we have him on. Hey, I'm going to let you get on with your day here soon enough, but before sure. we wrap this up, maybe we can, um, maybe share, like, for, for okay. artists, your Mount Rushmore that you haven't spoken to yet. Who do you have any idea Ooh. of who you would like to? Like oh, for, man. for the yeah. so Yeah, so I can't believe I haven't talked to him yet, but Mike Williams of I Hate God. Mm-hmm. Um I, I Hate God is just like one of they're one of my favorite uh bands of all time. Uh so definitely him. Um, this is a tough one because I think I would maybe need a translator, but uh, Church of Misery. Um, ah. yeah, that th- they're a band that uh, the Houses of the Unholy is for me. Uh, that's like one of, that's a Hall of Fame record, like to me. Uh, so I love that one. I would love to speak uh, to their lead singer, uh, Dax Riggs of Acid Bath. Okay. Um, and uh, you know he's just one of my favorite uh, metal singers of all time. He's sort of drifted away from heavy metal, you know. Now does he's kind of like bluesy, is like occult blues stuff. Um, but he is just one of the most haunting voices. Um, so I would I would love to uh, speak with him. And I gotta say Martin Van Drunen um, mm. of uh, of uh, of Asphyx. Right. Um, you know, uh, I would I would love to uh, to talk to that guy, and he's another one that I I can't believe um, I, I haven't spoken to him. Uh, but but you know maybe maybe one day uh, we'll we'll be able to chat at a at a festival or something. That that would be a big thrill for me because they're they're one of my favorites. Okay, I can tell you. Okay, just from my experience, and I'll give you some details off the air. He's a really cool guy. Oh, good. I'm so glad to hear that stuff. What a bummer. <laughs> if you're like, hey, hang around. I'll tell you what a, what a nightmare this guy is. <laughs> Ruined my whole, my whole thing. But he seems he seems like just such a cool guy. And uh, that voice, man, that, those vocals are just some of my favorite death metal vocals. Um, and also, oh, Sharank from Pungent Stench, too. Oh, I got to say <laughs> like, I love Pungent Stench. And I, 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 I got to mention them. Sorry. <laughs> I hear you.
knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. When it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. There are only three good things you need in life. Sex, beer, and pure rock radio.
one of the many stories that we traded in tonight's interview. That was Ides of Gemini featuring Jay Bennett from Decibel Magazine as well. That's Constantinople. Just a... Uh, Not recently. Istanbul. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> no. I had a hard enough time trying to pronounce that as well, which I, I used to have been able to pronounce Constantinople because I originally heard it like off of one of those Spider-Man... Um, Listen along records with the comic book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember those. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what you learn from Spider-Man, <laughs> uh, dude. The comics and cartoons were much more educational when we were younger. I believe. I really do. Well, hey. I feel like they were way less trashy. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool talking with Mr. Frazier about Ides of Gemini, just because as you heard in the interview, like I just, I just missed seeing Mr. Bennett in the Warren music shop. He had, he had just left and I showed up and it's like, oh, I just missed him because Ides of Gemini were in town supporting Ghost, which I was going to the Warren music shop there to have a couple belts before the show mm-hmm. and all that. So how cool would it have been to have met him there? And you know what? That's also a dude that we should have on the show as well. Before that, the aforementioned Mother of Graves from their In Sober Dreams record that was Nameless Burial. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, go on to Bandcamp, wherever you want to get all of your cool music. Check out wise blood records just earlier today dude as we speak mr fraser had announced another really cool signing for the label i can't wait for the full-length debut of grave ripper okay he kind of let let me to um kind of led me to their debut complete blinding darkness and um grave ripper they kind of have that sound like that death and roll type of sound, like Midnight, Bewitcher, Abigail, those type of bands, okay? Grave Ripper does it really well. I was really impressed. Really got my Friday off to a really cool start. Every once in a while, what kind of gets everyone's day going shall we say is when cool shit kind of pops up in the news <laughs> okay <laughs> especially when 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 it involves a florida, florida man, man. <laughs> okay because we had a very metal story recently um pop up in the metal world apparently tampa musician this dude calling himself prince midnight has made his own guitar a fender tele telecaster apparently okay except it's going under the name now skelecaster okay because it was apparently made out of his uncle's bones do you have the story up 
Um, you... So I don't have it up, but I I can't forget it. So, <laughs> and when we say it's made of the bones, we're like we're not saying that like he did something to the bones, like put him in resin, did a body shape. No, we're talking. He put a neck onto a skeleton, right? Basically, so like yeah. so, if you think about the anatomy skeleton that you had in biology in high school. Right. Um, picture that, but looking rattier because it's a real human skeleton, and it's just got a guitar neck on it, and he's got his hands in the rib cage playing along. Like, yeah, here I got I got a picture of it. Yeah, yeah. And, it's and, something else. And, well, and the best part is that he's a Florida man, right? <laughs> I mean, where where else is this going to come from other than a Florida man? <laughs> Definitely, definitely. That kind of got my attention. And first of all, okay, because people think, oh, you love all those horror movies and all that. You're some really weirdo and all that. Well, well you are no. a little bit. Well, <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's fake. I'm, I'm into the fake blood and guts and violence. A lot of people, though, now more than ever with the rise of uh, Netflix and stuff like that, a lot of people are getting into these real life serial killer. Yeah, see that doesn't throw stories. me. And that that that's the sick shit. Yeah. And all that. So some people might think, well, this is some sick stuff. You must really like the idea of this guy playing this dead guy for a guitar and all that. And it's like, um, it might sound creepy at first. But I don't know when you really think about it, it it it's not really because you know apparently it was his uncle, his uncle Phil. Yeah. Okay. Who's the pitcher? Phil the pitcher. Okay. I'm making that part up. To think about oh. it for a second. Phil the pitcher. <laughs> get it? Oh, okay. I get it. I get it. Yes. <laughs> apparently, apparently, Uncle Phil had um, introduced. Prince Midnight to the wonderful world of music. You know, and so he had the opportunity through a series of comedy of errors here or whatever to get to get his hands literally on the bones of his uncle. And now I don't know. Like, what's that conversation like? (laughs) You know, like I like I mean, he is probably the only surviving relative to pull this off because I couldn't picture having this conversation like with my dad, like when my grandma passed away, like, Dad, give me the rib cage. <laughs> yeah. He'd be like, What? I'm like, Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna like build a xylophone. He'd be like, Shut up, kid. You know? <laughs> right. And I mean, like 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 mind you, I have a very sick, twisted sense of humor, but even mm-hmm. I have a line and you know, my dad and I would have never had that conversation because that's just pushing it even for me. Mm-hmm. You know? Like I I I I can't imagine at what point somebody inspires me enough that I need to have their bones surrounding me at all times. <laughs> well, we do actually like we take we have loved ones cremated and then their ashes put on an urn above the mantle. Yeah. And all that. So I I really don't know how how weird or creepy this is i actually think in a roundabout way it's a pretty cool homage to his uncle oh man i don't know like it it, it does not sit well with me you know <laughs> okay. but then like like i i'm also very much a realist and so like because i know if that guitar was sitting out in my house guess what my puppy is going to be chewing on those bones oh i imagine he's he had, he had to do something to clean it up and 
spray it down. That's not going to stop the dog from chewing on the bones. (laughs) Well, you got to keep your dog away from your your uncle's bone guitar. Put down Uncle (laughs) Uncle Phil. Darn it. It's also kind of funny how this should come up because the other day was uh, National Guitar Day. I posted something on my Facebook. It's always National Guitar Day in this house, buddy. I I, I heard that a lot, too. All, <laughs> all, of, all of my musician friends came out of the woodwork, and it's like, dude, that's every day. I'm like, okay. Hell yes. All right, I get it, I get it. But for us not blessed with you know your your playing abilities and all that, it's kind of a sure big deal. You're the reincarnation deal. of Jimi Hendrix. Well, yeah, yeah, fortunately. You know, you're turning 50. This should be the year you finally pick up the guitar yeah, and put your should. money where your mouth is. <laughs> probably should. Pro- probably should. Yeah, I just don't have any of my uncles volunteering anytime soon. You to, can do uh, it without bones. You really can. What? No way. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking this is it. <laughs> if I'm getting an axe, you know, <laughs> this, oh. this, is, this is how I'm doing it. No, it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of cool in a way. It's like, okay, you said, you know, it doesn't sit very well with you, but I kind of see it along the lines of, as I've, I've already said to Mrs. Snowy, like when I pass away, I cre- have me cremated, do with the ashes as you will and all that, but give a handful to Ducky, give a handful to Sky. Okay, so he can go and throw my ashes over the stage at the park theater, and Sky could take it to the the Bulldog Event Center and scatter my ashes all there. This is kind of how I see what uh, Prince Midnight is doing here with uh, with old Uncle Phil here. So I could totally scatter scatter your ashes, right? And even if you're like, listen. I really would appreciate if you would take my ashes, roll them into a joint or put them in a bong and smoke them. I could possibly even do that. But if you're like, dude, I really need you to build a guitar out of my skeleton. I, I dude, I, like I'm out. I can't do that one. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, and I mean, believe me, like, like we've talked off air, like, like I'm, pretty much up for anything like like i don't have a lot of lines but the lines i have i don't cross (laughs) oh oh fair enough fair enough fair enough what we should probably take a couple minutes out and okay we we agreed to disagree with that with that last topic but i think in terms of this year's rock and roll hall of fame um potential inductee like the candidates have been announced the inductees yes have been announced and well, they're not the inductees yet they're the nominees well, yeah, the, yeah nominees. The, the the nominees right right and i'm going over the list and i definitely get some of them others i'm like yeah okay whatever but for this show all right we're looking at Iron Maiden, Rage Against the Machine, and I guess the Go Go's as well for well, their. Oh, and and, and the New York Dolls. Oh, see, I can't believe the New York Dolls weren't in there already. Right. Um, honestly, like the fact that this is the first time I've heard of Maiden coming up for it, I'm like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's as bad as Kiss. And I honestly like I swear to god that i thought rage was already in 
And they were nominated, like, I think back in 2017 or 2018. Okay. So so this is their second time up for it. And I'm like, well, I, I can't believe that they didn't get in the first time. I really remember them getting in. You know? I definitely think they are Hall of Fame material. Oh, Rage, hell yeah. Rage Against the Machine. Um, New York Dolls. Um, uh, yeah, you got to remember, they had, like, okay, they're definitely very influential in what would become the hair metal scene of the 80s. They're also and, very influential and, in the punk scene, though. Yeah, yeah, that that is well. But there's... there's um, just, and I'm not a huge dolls follower and all that, but as I recall, their light kind of shined very quickly and brightly. And are they Hall of Fame material or not? It's, I don't know. So, I like I, I don't know. I I feel like they are. You know, when we talk about some of the other one hit wonders they have in there. Mm. Um, right. I was just about to say Shaka Khan. Is yeah. on this list. Well, so like, so really? hang on. So Shaka Khan, I Shaka Khan, like she she's got some creds, man. Like like there there's more than just a couple songs there, and she's a hell of a singer. Like like yeah, I I, I I'm okay with that. Like I I feel like we stretch what's rock and roll at times, but at the same time, especially like you know reading this Chuck Berry book, um. Yeah, rock and roll is really a big genre, and it's mm-hmm. almost it's almost a mindset, which is really what punk rock is, you know. And right. I I feel so I I honestly like I feel like the dolls like I felt felt about Kiss. It's like you kept putting in bands that Kiss influenced, but you wouldn't touch Kiss. Mm. You know, Dimebag, arguably one of the most influential guitarists of our time, like right behind Eddie Van Halen. Right. Right. And if you were talking about like, if you just want to look at a decade, I mean, you can look at the eighties and you can pull guitarists out of a hat. Like every year oh, there's geez. another great guitarist coming out oh, and several sure. of them. But uh-huh. in the nineties, it was dime bag. Like nobody else was, was like flying the flag. Like he was, he's like, no, no, no. Like you still need to know how to play. You need to be able to shred. You need to be able to rip. And he didn't apologize for it. He's just like, fuck you, this is what I'm doing. And he's got this big Ace Freely tattoo on his chest, which he talked mm. Ace Freely into autographing and then got the autograph tattooed to his body. <laughs> that's that's right? dedication, yeah. And you're going to sit here and tell me, well, no, Kiss doesn't have enough influence. Are you high? Like, are you all doing drugs? Or are you like, they are. all like... Well, of course they are, yeah. Well, but I you, mean, you, not the right the drugs, apparently. You know? <laughs> but, but so... The Dolls are another band like that where you're going to put the Ramones in, which the Ramones should be there. You're going to mm-hmm. put in Finally Kiss. You know, you're going to put in Rage. Dude, the Dolls influenced all those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, the Dolls gave us the glam metal scene. Like, they, they're really, I mean, like, when you think about what Bowie was doing, like, the Dolls set that up, man. And, you know, it was it was good rock and roll. There was, there was good melodies. There's um you know, just catchy hooks and that sort of stuff. And then David Johansson goes on to be Buster Poindexter in the eighties, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and again, like, like embracing, embracing and almost making fun of what was going on at the time. But it, but it was some great stuff, man. 
if they get in, don't get me wrong, they yeah. get in. I'm not going to argue it. Oh yeah, I'm not argue it. yeah. I'm just kind of playing point counterpoint. Yeah, but but I mean, like like seriously, like Maiden. Oh, if, if there's anybody on that list that like needs to go in, like absolutely, like like 100, like like you know, we we need to have a, and I know it's too soon, everybody, but just deal with me. Um, we need to have a Capitol building like storming of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's right. Well, that's, oh no, I, I get that. Oh yeah, okay. If maybe, okay, maybe we shouldn't. I've had a couple, so maybe we shouldn't be uh, inciting any riots. Oh, I know. I don't want to be impeached later. But. That's right. That's right. Part of me wants to say on record, on the air, Maiden doesn't get in. That's it. I know we all storm the rock and roll. We're Cleveland. That's it, man. I know. Like, and 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 some crazy Iron Maiden fan is going to do it. Not even listen to this show, and we're going to be on trial. I'm like, did you guys say that? Well, fuck yeah, we said. Have you listened to the show? We say a lot of shit. <laughs> what, what judge? Have you not heard Number of the Beast? Thank God. <laughs> Like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Jeez. Oh, dude! I, like, I uh, mean, just the influence of Maiden, and 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 the, here here's the other thing: is like, so how many bands do we have in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that burned bright for a short amount of time? Right? Because I mean, like, like even mm-hmm. if if we like look at the Dolls example, yeah, they had a couple of great records. It, it was short, but that was also a very turbulent time in the 70s, right? Because the 70s was turbulent music-wise anyway. It was all disposable pop. And then you had these punk bands that were just self-destructing all over the place just because of the nature of what they were doing. And the Dolls gave us a combination of that. But think about all these other like one-hit wonder bands that have made it in there that barely did anything. And then look at Maiden. So Maiden picks up in what, 79 or 80? Right. Mm-hmm. Steve Harris, you know, starts putting this together and he just keeps hammering away and they just keep hammering and hammering. So the first records in 80 and then what was it? 81 is killers. And then, um, you know, Deanna's out Dickinson's in 83 gives us number of the beast. And that is the maiden that most of us are the most familiar with. And then from number of the beast through 1990, I, can you touch anything Maiden's doing? Nothing, nothing. Like, they it's just keep getting like world. Yeah, every record gets better. Every and record gets better. Safe. Every tour yeah. gets bigger. I mean, you know, I I sit here talking about this as I stare at the um, Live After Death um, double album that I have framed and hanging on my wall because, like, like it's one of the most influential records on me. You know, like, like just the songwriting. The just, oh, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. just everything about it, the songwriting, the arrangements, the sounds, you know, like, I mean, I, I will, I'll never forget when, you know, somebody's like, oh, are you a Billy Sheehan fan? And I had no idea. I'm like, no, who's Billy Sheehan? Like, well, who do you think is a great bassist? And me and the guitarist of, um, uh, of the band that I was in at the time, at the same time, without any prompting, we both go, Steve Harris. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Like, like who else, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, he, he was just amazing, you know? And I mean, and, and again, Cliff Burton, I, I, I really think that like if Cliff hadn't died, we'd have a completely different Metallica and oh, like, would. Cliff would mm-hmm. be, a, be a guy where him and Steve would have probably finally done a record together and picture what that shit would have been. Like. Oh, dude. 
There we go. There we go. That's Nirvana right yeah. there. Yeah, that exactly. That is weird musical Nirvana. You know, I right mean, there. there's, huh, man, that like, like I, you know, and it's so funny because people are going to be like, oh, well, you know, you know, they, they had a great run in the 80s. No, they never stopped. You know, they're and still he, selling out stadiums yeah. internationally. Yeah. And like, they're still writing good music. You know, mm-hmm. and that became really evident to me on the Final Front Frontier Tour when I went with um, John and Iron City Rocks and Sean of Iron City Rocks. And, I, you know, I looked at the set list ahead of time. And it's not a classic set list. It's it's the modern set list, we'll say. So it's from like 90 whatever forward. Mm-hmm. Or even like, like late, what, late 90s through the, two, through two, the 2010s or even 2000. But. I'm like, yep, these are all records that I have never owned. So I went out, I started like downloading those songs. So I had some idea and I'm like, oh, these are good tunes. And then you get there and like, I don't know the songs like I know anything off Live After Death, but I was singing along because they write singable songs. Mm -hmm. Like sure, it's prog rock. Sure, it's not traditional radio rock. There's still hooks, man. Like people, you know, people like to dog on classical music. Oh, well, you know, classical music, blah, blah, boring. Yeah, there's still hooks in classical music. There's still melodies. You can still sing these things. You know, it was the pop music of the day. Um, my, my, I think one of my favorite memes is um, sim- today's symphonies are just 1800s cover bands. I love that line. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, you know, you can have something that's more than ooh, baby, baby, ooh, baby, baby, mm-hmm. and sing along with it. Like, like I know it might take you two or two more minutes to figure it out, but I don't know, man. There's just, there's, there's just so much going on. Like there's, there's so much musicianship on so many levels, right? It's not even just like the fewer, like the pure technical ferocity that they have, but it's the fact that, that there's so much going on in the arrangements and, uh, I, uh, obviously, like this is a love letter to Iron Maiden here on <laughs> Valentine's Day. Like I, I can't say enough good things about Maiden, just because I mean Steve Harris. Like he's he's the fucking man, dude. You know, he is. He is definitely, definitely. I'll concur with with absolutely everything. I go back to Maiden with the early '80s as well. And the one when you take a look at this list. And I'm not one of those guys, well, it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, they're just using Rock and Roll as kind of like a blanket name for music in general. So I really don't have any problem with LL Cool J, Shaka Khan, and all these See, people. Cool J, and all that. I don't, I, I'm all about Cool J. Like, I don't know if you've like really given his stuff a spin, but but he's another dude where I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, he's 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 a groundbreaker. He he doesn't get enough credit for the stuff he was doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if you're into that stuff, great. He is definitely, you know, Hall of Fame material. But when I go through this list of people, really the only pers- people like okay, forget our personal biases and our personal opinions and musical tastes and all that. The two people that should be in regardless on this list is number one tina turner and number two iron maiden how's tina those turner not the in there i don't know i don't know i would think they would have already but those are the two that should be given yeah 
in all well, that. Well, so let, let's look at the list here, right? So so here's the full list. Mary J. Blige, Kate Bush, Devo, Foo Fighters, Go-Go's, Iron Maiden, Jay-Z, Shaka Khan, Carol King. I'm going to butcher this one. Fela Kuti, maybe? I have no idea who that is. Fela yeah. Kuti? Yeah, I don't either. LL Cool J, New York Dolls, Rage Against the Machine, Todd Rundgren, Tina Turner, Dionne Warwick. So, the Dolls and Rage and Iron Maiden, because I, I think they only pick five, right? So, I, I think, like, those three for sure. Um, I got to say Devo, too. Eventually. There are some artists on here that should go in before them. I think Devo, yes, because they were part of, you know, that early 80s new wave wave you know shall we say very very influential as well yeah people might think of them as a one-hit wonder and a case could be made for it but everyone remembers devo yeah and and devo gave us a lot more bands than people realize oh for sure but i mean like i feel like todd like i mean tina turner how how's tina now already not in it by herself she's probably in there with ike and tina but i mean Tina Turner, like, yes. Like, mm-hmm. she should already be in there. I, Dionne Warwick, I'm going to go back and forth on. Um, Like, I'm, I'm wishy-washy on that one. I, I think I need to go back and listen to her catalog before I would be like, whoa, yeah. But, I mean, Todd Rundgren, just based on what he's done behind the scenes, I think he should be in. You know, as as a producer, like he mm-hmm. should be one of those guys, like in the sideman category, like like when Leo Fender went in, you know. No, that's fair. But but I mean, cool. Like if we're talking Cool J versus Jay Z, it's got to be Cool J for me all day long. And nothing against Jay Z, man, because Jay Z, he he really does have some good stuff. And again, I don't know if you've listened to it. No, but all. like like there is stuff where I'm like, oh yeah, man, that's 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 good. And 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 for you, like I know you're a BC Boys. Like I think there's stuff where you'd be like, oh, like like you scratch that BC Boys itch for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking like Fight for Right to Party. I'm talking like Intergalactic and some of the later stuff where, where they're check, getting really. Yeah, check your head where, where they get like, yeah where they no. get ex- experimental <laughs> stuff like that. Like yeah, mm-hmm. like like Jay Z's no slouch man, but um. Like I, I love the Foo Fighters, but not yet. And me do I, I? And I don't. I don't know if I, it, I. You know, I don't know if people are gonna hate me for that. But just, I. I think Dave Grohl is possibly. And and here's the funny part: if it was Dave Grohl by himself and not the Foo Fighters, I'd be like, Dave needs to go in. Probably, because I, yeah. Because I feel like Eventually, Dave. Yeah. Per, I feel like Dave personally has done more for rock and roll than Nirvana ever did. And I can't remember if Nirvana ever got in, but um, if they were, we should take them out and put somebody else in in their place. Uh, you know, it, but but at the same time, it's only because I have this like you know love hate with um, Kurt Cobain, which oh. we, sh- we should really <laughs> we 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 should really discuss that in '90s grunge some days because I just uh, need to I, get that off yeah. my chest. Uh huh. Uh huh. I really need to get off of my my chest. But I mean, uh, I've got some shit to say about it too, good and bad. Yeah, like Kate Kate Bush is fantastic, but not yet. You know, right. like Maiden, yes, Rage, yes, and honestly, the Dolls. Yeah, like so. Let's see here. If I had to choose five, I'm gonna go Maiden, Cool J, Dolls, Rage, 
And then this is where I'm torn. Do I say Tina or Devo? And it's going to change every day, but I think I need to lean towards Tina because I mean, Tina Turner is so much more than the private dancer song of the eighties, you know, like mm-hmm. just, just, oh, yeah. you know, like she, For she's, sure. she's another one of those artists is just fantastic. So anyway, that, those are my two cents. Okay. Well, obviously I'm going to say maiden rage, the dolls. Okay. But I'm, I'm, I'm a little biased, obviously. But I honestly, okay, remember all this stuff that we said about Susie Quattro, we said about Joan Jett, we said about Lita yeah. Ford. We can say about the Go-Go's. I, well. See, I was thinking that too. Like this, this is not an easy choice. Like looking at this list, because you're right. Like the Go-Go's, that's another band where, oh yeah, they should probably be in there too. Mm-hmm. For being the trailblazers for female artists. I, but you know, you know what? Not really even work. just female artists, but just like like looking looking at the work by itself, right? Mm-hmm. And looking at the songs, the, the the hits, you know. And I know I know like the word hits makes everybody cringe, but I mean, when, when you're when you're cranking out the hits, why are they hits? You know, are are they are they hits because it's just um, like novelty stuff? Which, which a lot them. of one hits were, I or are yeah. they, you know, able to replicate the formula, so to speak, and and keep making stuff that people like? And I think the Go Go's were just keep making stuff that people like, you know. Definitely, definitely. Even even today, well, today meaning twenty years ago, God bless the Go Go's was a fantastic record, and they did the reunion at um, in Central Park that concert dvd and it was absolutely amazing okay and the go-go's are still in some way shape or form are still kind of doing it that documentary that we spoke about last year as well that was absolutely amazing and that whetted my appetite you know for more go-go's material i know they dropped a new single last year as well so yeah they're still flogging it out still some good stuff and um definitely my pick to go with them you want to get to some tunes here let's hit some tunes brother okay okay with considering our first topic with uncle phil and all of that dude the only band the only record that we could drop right now right at this moment our death metalers skeletal remains (laughs) (laughs) yep yep Let's go with the title track from their Devouring Mortality record.
Always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this indie spotlight. When you think California when it comes to heavy music, obviously San Francisco comes first. Okay. See, I think Los Angeles. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah. My next choice was definitely going to be LA as well. But for tonight's creature feature, we're going to go a little further south into Padre Company in San Diego. Once again, just kind of pissing around on Bandcamp, I made my own snowy discovering discovery with the band Conjureth. Really cool death metal band out there pounding the circuit right now and not only you know their latest release levitation manifest really cool stuff caught my attention but the just the pedigree that this great new band kind of brings to the table pretty impressive as well because they got as well you know not only in this band but they've got members of void ceremony decrepitaph in coffination and father befouled Really, really cool bands all in their right. Kind of get guy here from that band, guy here from that band, this guy here from this band. Put them all together. You come up with a lot of cool stuff. So tonight's 
Indie Spotlight, Conjureth, from their, the aforementioned Levitation Manifest release. This is Coffin Spells.
www.facebook.com slash conjureth and conjureth.bandcamp.com. Go there to grab the Levitation Manifest record. Really great stuff. Yeah, yeah. Once again, like I said, I don't know. Is a band camp addiction a bad thing? Maybe, maybe that's what's happening with your cool Uncle Snowy. I'm never going to be an alcoholic, okay? I can, hey, you know, never say I can, never. I believe well, in you. I believe no, in you. You can do it no, if you want to do it. No, much. I, now, Mrs. Snowy might accuse me of kind of being a pervert and kind of a sex addict. but I No, don't know. you? No. Perish the thought. I don't know if, you know, you could actually be addicted to that and all that, but um, I don't think there's any problem with having a band camp addiction and all, <laughs> all that. I ain't going to be going okay. to any meetings and all that when I'm discovering great bands like San Diego's Conjureth. Really, really cool stuff. Check them out today. All right. Well, man, I think we're kind of in the extra innings again. One Sorry. more thing. One oh, more thing. Actually, well. two more things. One, we'll go. We'll go with the fun thing. Um, I was just scrolling through Instagram, and Lita Ford has a picture of her, like a current picture, with like this flaming heart around her, saying "Happy Valentine's Day," and that just made me smile oh. because I just love that woman. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can ever not love that woman. But anyway, um, speaking of Allison Hannigan and Bandcamp, did <laughs> you hear? What was going on this week with Joss Whedon? No, no, but I think I want to. Well, n- no. <laughs> Allegations Uh-oh. of abuse. Oh, God. So, no, no. Um, so Cordelia Chase, her character, um, played by Charisma, Char- Charisma Carpenter, Charisma Carpenter, yeah. came out and she's like, listen, I can't be silent any longer. Um, and she detailed the abuse that she was put through between the Buffy and Angel, you know, filming and, you know, Sarah Michelle Geller, she's like, listen, she's like, I know I will be forever known as Buffy Summers, but I do not want to be associated with Joss Whedon, you know, so more people are coming forward and speaking up and it's just like, it's like, why? Why? Because, I mean, he was, like, literally the king nerd, mm-hmm. you know? Like, he did so many great things between Buffy and then the other stuff he was doing and all the shows he's touched. It's like, wow, this guy is great. And then this comes out, it's like, oh, why? You know? But yeah. on a positive note, did you know Charisma Carpenter is 50? No. Yeah. Well, that would make sense. Yeah, but I mean, like, like, that, like, when that, when did that, that happen? You, well, the, you know what I mean? The thirty-year-old like, in high school, you know. Hey. I, but I mean, like, like, <laughs> just wow! Like, Charisma Carpenter's fifty. It's like, man. But I mean, good on her because she suffered a lot of this abuse when she was pregnant with her first child. Wow. Yeah, like, like, like anyone who has a chance, go check out her Instagram site. It's um, it's like Charisma with a K. Um, uh, but if you just start searching Charisma, like, it'll come up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, go out, go out and read it. But yeah, that was a that was a major bummer, man. Because like you know, Joss is a guy that has given us some great entertainment. But mm-hmm. you know, at what cost? Because you know, Charisma is a great actress, and you know, same with Buffy. And like, I don't want anybody to 
be doing their job and suffer abuse, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, yeah. kudos to them for still being amazing, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, I mean, if you think about the performances that we have witnessed over the years, you know, for, from that cast and with this stuff going on, like how many, how many of us could say we could perform at that level if we're, you know, being systematically abused by our bosses? Oh, yeah, yeah, especially in intense situations like yeah. that. Yeah, right? So, I mean, like, just talking about professionalism and all that sort of stuff. So, that kind of sucked. That was a bummer. Um, I wish I had something better. But when you said Allison Handicap, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, check this shit out. Yeah, that, that was that was something that just it broke my heart. Definitely, you know? definitely. Yeah, it, it makes you not want to go to the movies. It makes you not want yeah. to turn the TV on. And it just, yeah, yeah. And especially, you know, there have been incidences after we've had and i'm not throwing any names out there and all that but i've i've had we've had incidences where we've just interviewed a band okay and then you find out a couple days later oh yeah you know there's there's al there's allegations of you know it's a there's two people in a band together a boyfriend girlfriend and you know he's abusing her and all that and when you know you're talking to them in their van and it's all smiles and sunshine and all that, this shit's going on, you know, behind the scenes. It's yeah. heartbreaking for us too. It really is, you know. And to this day, I haven't put when that allegation came out. I haven't put any. We had, that band hasn't been on the show, and I haven't put one of their records on. I just, I just can't do it. I just, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Um, what's not tough to get through is the new Dequisitor record available from Dark Descent. Let's go out on the track Imperium Life Forms to get your fix of brutal death metal. Um, how could people uh, get a hold of us? Well, the internet's always a great way. Um, you can yeah. shout into the ether. <laughs> And if you angle it at the right angle and bounce off a few things, it'll probably get up to Canada, you know. Moose mail, that's a good one. But, um, you know, the, 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 the more conventional technological ways, like facebook.com slash radmetal, that's a good way. Um, at radmetal666 for Instagram and Twitter. Radmetal666 at gmail.com. You could just to send us like a more traditional letter. Speaking of traditional letters, if you message us at those, we will get you Snowy's address so you can send a snail mail letter, mm-hmm. just like the old pen bangers used to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, speaking of things that are old school but still oh so right and so current, we are proud members of the Shiny Wizards Network, which bring us great content. Like the Shining Wizards Network, but also Turnbuckle Throwbacks. But I can't remember if that one's still going on. I feel like there, there yeah. might be something yeah. there. Okay, that's what I thought. You know, that, that was my um, classics but current. And then I, I heard a rumor that there's even this Canadian wrestling podcast called A Wrestling Night in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Ducky, one of the guests that we've had on here, he's on. And then some other guy uh, from Winnipeg, you know. He's a good looking guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully we'll see him in a speedo um, testing his manhood here soon. But um, <laughs> so you know, thanks to the Shining Wizards Network for like putting up with the shenanigans we do, 
and uh, putting us out. And because of them, we are on Spotify as well as we're on places like iTunes and Stitcher and all kinds of other fun aggregators out there for podcasts. Mm -hmm. And of course, St. Rich up in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan Mm -hmm. is the reason you can hear us first every Thursday, purerockradio.net. I feel like I've hit them all this time. We have, we have. Thank you so much. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been a Weisenheimer episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. This is Aaron. Signing off.